I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Guys, welcome back to a Faith Friday episode here. It is Friday, and we are talking all about faith today. Well, we're not really talking about faith that much today, but the way we do this here on Faith Friday is I actually take a book of the Bible— or in this case, a letter of the Bible. Uh, The book of Romans is what we're diving into. We're starting a new book this week, the book of Romans. So the author of the book of Romans is Paul, and he is on his third missionary journey right now as he writes this, and he's longing to go back to see the Romans or the church at Rome, but unfortunately... He is still on this journey, this missionary journey, so he can't get away to go to Rome right now. So that is why he's writing this letter. But I got to tell you guys, after reading just through the first chapter of Romans, this is going to be one challenging book to get through. Originally, a couple of years ago, when I read through the entire book of Romans, uh, it wasn't, I thought it was, it was great. It, it was easy. It was an easy book. It was just so simple, so easy to get through. And then when you're actually studying to do something like a podcast like this, it becomes way more difficult because there is way more that you can go into if you really want to. And so, as I always say on the Faith Friday episodes, I am not a Bible scholar. I just love the Word of God. I love reading the Word of God. I love studying it to the best of my ability, which isn't much really, guys. Uh, And I, I just try to understand what I can understand at this time from the grace of God that he has given me to understand what is written here. So that this is why people spend their entire lives reading and rereading and rereading the Bible. Because every time you read it, something new stands out to you. Every time you read it, the Holy Spirit will point something out new to you that you didn't see before. And so... That's uh, that's part of the challenge of trying to study for a podcast like this. So let me explain really quick for those of you who are new how we do this on Faith Fridays. What I do is I take a chapter of the book. I read the entire chapter in its context. We never want to take the Word of God out of context. That is why I read the entire chapter. And then we go back through verse by verse and we kind of break it down. So some of these could go really long, so I might have to break them up into two episodes, but we're going to try and just and do our best to to get through what we can on each episode and uh, really dive as deep as I can into the Word and really, really try to help some of you understand what it's saying. And even if you just stick around for the scripture reading, that's fine with me. If you want to hear the script, the Bible read and then check out, good for you. The, the whole point of Faith Friday, of the Faith Friday episode, is to get more people into their word, into the Bible. And there's so many people that they attend church weekly, but they don't even know where their Bible is. They don't bring their Bible to church. Maybe they have the Bible on their phone, but they never open the app. Or maybe they get an alert for a verse of the day, and that's their Bible. I'm sorry, guys, that's insufficient. You know, I, I just saw a Facebook quote. And I'm not on Facebook that often, but I just saw something, and it was actually posted by Toby Mac. If you don't know who Toby Mac is, he was a founding member of the 
Christian music group, DC Talk. They're defunct now, but Toby Mac is, you know, probably the most famous Christian music artist that is around right now, at least in the rock rap genre. So he said, if you are, if you are complaining that you're not hearing from God and yet you haven't read the Bible, then you must be crazy. Something like that. I'm, I'm misquoting it, I'm sure. But that's that's the gist of it. And that is so true because God speaks through his word. It's his word. I am of the belief that the Holy Spirit really doesn't speak that often anymore today. I think uh, God gave us his word for a reason. We're supposed to read it. We're supposed to study it. We're supposed to learn and understand it. And so with that being said, sorry, I'm outside on the back porch studio. My allergies are just all of a sudden kicking up here a little bit. So you'll have to excuse me if I sniffle or sneeze or something like that. It just is what it is. So I'm going to go ahead and read. And then we are going to just jump back to verse one when I'm all done. And we are going to try to go through this verse by verse and see what we can draw out of Romans one. And I got to say, Romans one is challenging because Paul here is trying to take us on a journey. He tells us where we're at. He's, he's writing to the Roman church, but he's also writing to Gentiles. It's uncomfortable to read chapter one in Romans. I'm just going to put it out there. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it any more than you're probably going to like hearing it, but it needs to be read. It's in the Bible for a reason. And uh, so Paul's going to take us on a journey. He is going to first, through the entire book of Romans, he is first, with chapter one, going to explain to us our sinfulness and how depraved we really are. And then he is going to go on and move on into the hope and the victory that we have in Christ. So he's going to start us off with where we're at, and he's leading these, this church to where they're going. All right, He's, he's kind of seeing where the puck is going and skating to it. So with that being said, let's start with uh, verse 1, chapter 1, Romans. Here we go. Paul, a servant of Christ called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for you to come to you. I'm sorry, let me reread that verse. In my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been repentant. But I have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to the Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and to the foolish. This is why I am so eager to preach the gospel, also to you who are at Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel. 
because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godless and wicked all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness since since what was I'm sorry guys my mic is kind of in the way here let me try this again I'm going to start that section over at verse 18 The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness since that since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse for although they knew God They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men who abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men, condi- men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They all they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. And that ends chapter 1. Paul kind of gets a little tongue twisty in there sometimes, uh, as only Paul can do, apparently. So uh, I apologize for the reading mistakes, but it is what it is. I don't really go back and fix those, so uh, yeah, I hope you were able to stick with me. All right, let's go back to verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Paul often opens his books this way, so I mean, it's no surprise. It is nice that he, um, he announces who's writing the letter and who, you know, his, his standing with, with, uh, with Christ. Verse 2, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to human nature was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So he's kind of explaining, sorry, I got to adjust the mic here a little bit. Uh, So he's kind of explaining like what the gospel is, the, you know, the whole Holy Scriptures, the gospel he promised 
beforehand through his prophets. So he's talking about the prophets of the Old Testament. Uh, God sent many, many prophets to the people of Israel. Um, Most of the time they killed the prophets because they didn't like what they were saying. Things like that. Uh, So the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, verse 3, regarding his son, Jesus, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, if you go back into the the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew, you will see that Jesus is descendant of David. Verse 4, And who through the Spirit of holiness, or the Holy Spirit, was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. So because Jesus raised from the dead, that is confirmation that he is the Son of God. Okay, uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse five, through him and for his name's sake, re- we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. So uh, let's let's talk about Peter for a second here. Peter, the apostle. All right. He is called by God to minister to the Jews. So Peter ministers to the Jews. Paul is called to minister to the Gentiles. And so that's kind of what he's saying here. Through him, verse 5, through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles uh, to the obedience that comes from faith. So he's, he's calling the Gentiles to faith. The Gentiles, it's not only the Jews now that are God's chosen people. Anyone can become a child of God. It's not just the Jews any longer since the resurrection of Christ. It's a new gospel. All right, verse 6. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. So he's writing to the Romans. He says, you're called to be a part of Jesus Christ too. You're called to be saints. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on to verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ to all for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. That's so cool that Paul is saying here, the church at Rome, their faith is being reported all over the world, worldwide already. And I mean... Jesus hasn't been dead, hasn't been in heaven that long. The, I mean, it, that's amazing that the gospel has already been spreading worldwide. That's that's pretty amazing. Now, I don't know if he means literally worldwide or if he just means what he knows of the world, that it's spread that far. That's probably what he means, but um, it, that's really cool if it has gone worldwide by this point. Because that's, that's, I mean, the word is spreading like wildfire. And they didn't have social media back then. Nobody could go viral. But somehow Jesus went viral here. All right, verse 9. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son Jesus, is my witness how constantly I remember you. Verse 10, in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. So Paul is saying he prays all the time. Whenever he prays, he prays for the church at Rome, and he prays that God will allow him to go visit the church at Rome because Paul was so encouraged by their faith. All right, verse 11, I long to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. So Paul is saying that, I mean, as an apostle, he, he, the Holy Spirit came on him and he has the ability to, through laying on of hands, to give spiritual gifts to others. That's what I believe he's saying there anyway. Uh, it doesn't say laying on of hands, but I believe that's what it, what it means. Verse 12. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So 
Paul, like he was saying earlier, he's been encouraged by Rome and he would love to be, you know, encouraged even more by them. And he wants to encourage them as well. He wants it to be mutual. He doesn't want it just to be one-sided. Because a lot of these churches that he goes to, it's very one-sided. He's doing all the encouraging. He's doing he's doing everything. And so I think uh, it would be really wonderful for him if that would be if he could have that mutual encouragement. Verse 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I planned many times to come to you but have been prevented from doing so until now in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. So what he's, what I think he's saying here is that God has delayed him because their hearts weren't ready for another harvest yet. Uh, and that's not like a physical harvesting the wheat type thing. I think that is... Uh, more spiritual thing. Um, I'm looking at my commentary here, uh, and it says, for verse 113, he had often planned to visit Rome, but had been in, been hindered, perhaps by pressing needs in other areas, perhaps by the direct restraint of the Holy Spirit, perhaps by the opposition of Satan. He desires to have some fruit among the Gentiles in Rome, and he has had among as he has had among the other Gentiles. Here he is speaking of fruit in the gospel, as the next two verses show. All right, so uh, sometimes I just need to go to the commentary and kind of confirm what I'm thinking. Uh, Now, the commentary could be wrong, but I could be wrong, you know, I, I always encourage you with every episode here to grab your Bible and read it for yourself. No matter what translation you have, I have the NIV translation. No matter what translation you have, read it for yourself. Do your own homework. Don't trust anyone's word except for God's word when it comes to the understanding that you may have in in the word of God. All right. So if a preacher is preaching something from the pulpit, you should have your Bible open and reading along when he reads scripture and listening intently to what he is saying to make sure that it lines up with what the scripture is saying. Okay. We never want to wrongfully preach something that the gospel does not say that the Bible does not say. Okay. Let's keep going here. Verse 14. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. So Paul is obligated to to the Greeks or the Gentiles or the Jews. I'm not sure what Greeks means here. Uh, let's see if my commentary says blah, 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 everlasting happiness. It doesn't really say. So that's neither here nor there, I guess. But um, I, I believe it's more like uh, Jew and Gentile. Uh, I, I don't know the explanation for that, but that's what I'm thinking in my in my limited knowledge. Okay, verse 15. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome. So let's go back to verse 14. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That, that is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome. Because he's obligated. He feels an obligation to do it for the Greeks and the non-Greeks, for the for the stupid people as well. And he puts in there the foolish. All right, verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. So this was kind of the order. The gospel was first preached to the Jews. And Paul actually preached his first uh, few times to the Jews, and they rejected him. So he decided that, you know what, I'm going to seek God. And lo and behold, it turns out Paul was more suited to preach to the Gentiles, and that is what he is doing. All right, verse 17. 
For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So he's saying that the gospel, Jesus' life, has revealed a righteousness. God has revealed that through the gospel, through Jesus Christ. A righteousness that is by faith. You have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. From first to last, just as it is written, righteousness will the righteous will live by faith. The only way you are going to be able to be righteous is if you live by faith. Not by sight, but by faith. All right, and now this is where uh, Romans 1 gets difficult. All right, this up up to, to verse, um, what was it, verse 17 here, Paul's kind of giving his introduction. And now he is jumping off into the deep end of the pool, going right at the throat of the sinfulness of man. All right, and I heard a... a um, a sermon by uh, John MacArthur this morning, actually, on Romans one eighteen, and that um, this section of Scripture is actually um, like a condemnation on the world, and uh, it's kind of, kind of telling us where the world is right now, that we are under damnation, that we are... Uh, we're basically too far gone, is what John MacArthur was kind of saying. So let's go ahead and read this, and we're just going to take it for what it says here. Um, uh, and I'm going to do my best to add what I can to it. But um, as I said before, what Paul is doing here, there might be different facets that you can take and different avenues that you can take with this scripture. And I think that's what John MacArthur was doing uh, in his message that I heard. But I think Paul here is trying to explain the worst of the worst sinner and letting us know, and he says it in here, that we're all we're all sinners. Every single one of us. We're all depraved. And he's going to harp on that hard in this section and in the next section uh, in chapter 2. And then he is going to start talking more about the redemption that Jesus Christ has brought. All right. So just just hold tight. We, we got to get through the ugly to get to the beautiful. OK, so here we go. We got to know where we are so that we know where we're going. All right. Verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness. So, this is talking about the wrath of God. God is pouring out his wrath and we're we're going to see we're going to see where this is leading, okay? Um and I, I totally agree that this is happening today. Like, we are in this today. Uh, let's see. Wickedness of men who suppress the truth. Men that don't want the truth to be known. Verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. So, all men, we're going to read this here in just a second. In fact, let's read it now. Verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Clearly seen by all. That's not in here, but it has clearly been seen by all. Okay. Being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. So Every single person who has ever been created has seen the divine qualities and nature of God. That is what Paul is saying here in verse 20. That there is no one on earth without, with, without excuse or with excuse. 
or whatever that is. <laughs> Paul says, so that men are without excuse. So we'll go with that. All right, verse 21. For although they knew God, so they knew they, they know about God, we all do. We see him in creation. There is no other logical explanation for creation. It's it, it is it takes way more faith to believe in evolution and the big bang theory scientifically than it does to believe in creation. All right, I'm just going to leave that right there. Verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So they they knew God, they know of God, they see him in creation. And yet they chose, they choose, we choose not to see him. And we, we give ourselves over to futile thinking and our hearts become foolish and we become, we get into this dark place in our lives. That's what Paul is saying here. Verse 22, although they claim to be wise, they become fools. They became fools. We see this so many times. Like I see this in the Christian world. I see this in, in, in guys that, in people that come out of Christian colleges as atheists because they think themselves wise, but they are really foolish. We see it all the time in academia. I mean, it is, it is, I mean, he's absolutely right. He, Paul is absolutely right here. They think they're wise, but they're fools. Verse 23, And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Now, this might have been back then. Now, today, we have social media, so we put people up on these pedestals. We make people our gods. We make money our God. We make things our God, like cars. Like there are some people that worship awesome cars. I, I love a good car, but pff, it's just a car. It's a hunk of steel and some moving parts. It's just a car. It's just a thing. I, pff, you know, it, it doesn't compare at all to God. And uh, that's what he's saying here. They, they make gods for themselves. Verse 24, therefore. Now, so therefore, now we got to look back and, and see what all he said there. Just remember what Paul has already said. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Boy, we see this today, don't we? I mean, it's crazy. It's really crazy. I mean, just the amount of pornography that is on the internet today is astounding. And the amount that gets watched on a minute-by-minute basis is astounding. And then you think about all the other sexual type perversions that go on. I mean, we've come up with some really perverted things, not only in this country, but worldwide. All right. I mean, I'm, I think I'm just going to leave that there. But yeah, uh, you know it and I know it. Verse 25, they exchange the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Man, we see that. It is so, and it's easy. It's easy to do. It's so easy to forget about God because he's not seen. He's, you have to be in the word every day in order to continually keep your eyes on God. That is what I have found. If I am not in the word every day, it is so easy 
to take my eyes off of him and put them on other things or myself. And it, it's just, it, it's like a switch will flip if I don't get in the word. And that's why I'm doing this podcast, this, these podcast episodes, these faith Fridays, because so many people don't take the time to get in the word. I get up at five 30 in the morning to do this, to, to read the word, to have time. And, and if I get rushed, I'm going to have to start getting up at five, but I'm willing to do it because this is where life comes from. This is where, this is how I stay. This is how I stay in line is, is reading the word of God. Now, I'm not saying that we can't get out of line. I'm not saying that at all. I, I mess up. I'm a, I'm a human. We all are going to mess up. But you've got to read the word in order to, to continue to grow as a believer. Verse 26 Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. I mean, we don't even need to go into an explanation there. We already know. I mean, this is our culture today. It's our culture today. It's becoming more and more prevalent. Verse 27. In the same way, the unnatural ones, Uh, In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. We see that today, don't we? With monkeypox. I don't know if you've heard this, but it is a sexually transmitted thing and it is... By and large, 98%, I think it is, or higher, might be 99% of the monkeypox uh, uh, infections, or whatever you want to call it, are with gay men. So we are seeing that right here. I mean, it's also AIDS and things like that, sexually transmitted diseases. That's what Paul is saying here. They, They received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Verse 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Man, we see this today too. Um, In fact, Sunday uh, in church, we actually went through this, uh, Romans 1, and I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it was good. It was good. Or actually, we didn't go through this, uh, but we went through something similar. The, the book of Ephesians has a lot of similarities to the book of Romans. Uh, but we, as a, as a nation, as Americans, for sure, we have been given over to a depraved mind. Just look at all the transgenderism that is going around right now. We're confused. We are, our minds are just depraved. We, we hunt for it. We look for it. We desire it. Our minds are rotting within us just with every kind of unnatural perversion you can think of. And it's, Paul is just right on the money with where America, at least, I don't know about other countries, but at least in America, I do know about America. We are right here. Verse 29. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, verse 30, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Now, that one kind of made me chuckle. After this whole list of things, it says they disobey their parents. But maybe that's where God has disobeying your parents in the list. That 
he has disobeying your parents as a greater sin than murder. If this is a list in order of severity of the sin, that that's uh hmm that ooh that one kind of hits home, huh? All right, let's uh, keep going. Uh, uh, also, they invent ways of doing evil. That is so true. I mean, it is astounding how how many just crazy things we see in our world today of pe- that I would have never thought of doing, but people they think of evil ways to do things like school shootings, like these school shootings. That is pure evil, pure evil. And they're shooting up little kids. It's pure evil. It's disgusting. I I just, man, I don't, gosh, our, our nation, the depraved of mind are creating awful ways of evil. I will say that. Verse 31, they are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. That's true too. These depraved people, like, like, I mean, a lot of the, the gay agenda is, is senseless. It's senseless. Certainly faithless, certainly heartless, and they are ruthless. They do not give up. They are ruthless. They couldn't win over the adults, so what they do, they started working on children in the schools. Yeah. They are ruthless in their desire to perpetrate evil. Absolutely ruthless. Verse 32. Although they know God's righteousness. Let me reread that. Verse 32. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. That is the verse right there, the last verse of chapter one, of chapter one. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. That's where we're going to leave it. I, I'm, Guys, hold on, okay? We are going for, hope is, hope is in store, okay? There is hope. Don't, don't, don't end. Don't, don't stop listening here. Check back in next week. There's more hope to come. And I have on a side note here in my Bible, uh, I just wrote in the margin, I said, it is not just gay people that God hates. God, God is showing his hate here. He's showing his wrath here in, in these verses 18 through 31 through 32. And so I'm saying here, it's not just gay people that God hates. It is all sinners who God hates which is all who are not in Christ Jesus. We were all enemies of God at one time. So don't think that it's just gay people or homosexuals who God hates. No, it, it kind of, you could take it that way if you just read this. No, it is everyone of a depraved mind. Not everyone that has a depraved mind is a homosexual. You know, there are some Christians, some so-called Christians, that have a depraved mind. And they do they invent ways of doing evil. Some of the most evil comes out of those who claim to be Christians. I mean, I, I think about some of these faith healers. How evil is it that they will hold these services? proclaim to to heal people through the power of God 
But really all they're doing is having actors or people that don't have a, a disability that you can see. Those are the people they have up on stage. My, one of my uncles, my uncle Jerry, who was the firstborn in his family, and he was delivered by a doctor who was drunk. And because of the doctor was fall down drunk, I mean, this was back in the 40s or 50s, um, the baby, my Uncle Jerry, was left in the birth canal too long, and he had severe mental retardation because of that. And um, so my grandfather took him to a faith healer, a faith healing service. And the story that he tells is that most of the people were out, you know, they were in the congregation. They were able to be in the congregation. The people with severe deformities, severe retardation, severe injuries, or what have you, they were held out of the service. They were put in rooms away from the service. They weren't even allowed in the auditorium. And then at the end of the service, what the faith healer says is the rest of you now pray for your healing. How sick and depraved and immoral is that? That someone who claims to have the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to heal would not would choose not to heal the absolute worst deformed people imaginable would you not go there first because that's what Jesus did he went there first he healed those people first the people that couldn't walk the people that couldn't see the blind the, the woman that had a bleeding disorder for 13, for 18 years, he healed them first. And these faith healers have come up with a grand scheme of evil to propagate the, in quotation marks, the Holy Spirit when all they're doing is stealing people's money. It is sick. It is perverted. It, it is perverting the gospel. It is turning people away from Jesus Christ. It is not bringing them in. I mean, I get, I, I get filled with a righteous anger when I think about these stupid faith healers like Benny Hinn and the rest. I mean, I want to shout from the rooftops to stay as far away from these people as is humanly possible. And, and I, what I want to say is pray for their destruction. That's what I want to say. That is what I want to say in my heart is pray for their destruction. Because it is sick. It is perverted. It is downright evil what they are doing. And the church refuses to call it out. They refuse to talk about it. They refuse to, they just turn a blind eye to these idiotic faith healers. They refuse to call it out. And they refuse to stand on the word of God and, and just condemn what these evil men are doing with the word of God. What the church needs to do is call these men to repentance. And true repentance means that these men, every single one of them, I'm talking Benny Hinn, I'm talking Todd White, I'm talking uh, uh, the pastor at Bethel, I'm talking all of these stupid faith healers. True repentance looks like giving every single dime that they have taken in donations and giving it back. It looks like them stepping down from ministry 
selling every single piece of property they own and humbling themselves before God and getting into a true church where they are a parishioner and they are there to be discipled. They are not fit for leadership. So I'm, I'm sorry if some of you out there might like these people. I'm sorry, but I am telling it like I see it in the word of God. These men are evil and you need to stop listening to them. It, it just, I get so passionate about it because of, because of my family's experience with it. It is disgusting. Now to try and turn this around, if you need a leg straightened, or I mean, not strengthened, straightened, but lengthened. I learned from Todd White how to do that. So I could do that all day long if you want. I mean, it won't do you a bit of good because I can make your leg shorter than the other. And then I can make it longer than the other. But really, I'm not making your leg move at all. I'm moving the heel of your shoe or I'm moving your body so that your leg looks longer than the other leg. I'm telling you what, with Todd White, we must have an epidemic of people with legs, one leg shorter than the other, because in some of his YouTube videos, I'm telling you what, every single person has a short leg. I don't understand it. I don't get it. And he's healing. Oh, man, in Jesus' name, that leg is growing. Woo-wee. Praise Jesus. It's a bunch of BS, guys. Bunch of BS. Stop listening to them. Whew. All right. I think I'm going to step down off my soapbox and uh, I'm going to uh, close us out here. I'm going to say a word of prayer and then I'm going to start studying right away for week two because this was good. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. I don't like reading verses 18 through 32. I don't like that. I don't like reading it. I don't like putting it on the airwaves, but it's in the word. It's there for a reason. And Paul's taking us on a journey from death to life in the book of Romans. All right. Father, I just thank you for the the desire that you put in me to make these podcast episodes called Faith Friday. I ask that your word would just speak to those listening today. And I pray that their lives will be changed because of it. And I pray that they would come back next week for more of the word. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great rest of your week. I hope this was a good ending to your week. And I look forward to seeing you next week for another Faith Friday. Bye-bye.